Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
What stirs your soul? What matters come to mind? The cares you keep, 
after storms make way for spring. In every season, from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Help me remember when I'm weak.
Is he worthy? Is he worthy? 
it began to break up by the pressure of it. So shelter that men had been abandoned to ship, they had to set up temporary camps on a series of ice floes, and after several months, land was spotted that they took their barometer, and they took off in three small lifeboats. Seven uh, very difficult boats to fight that they later they came ashore for what is known as Elizabeth Island, which they discovered really wasn't much better than the ice boats themselves. Desperate, Shackleton embarked on another longer and even more dangerous journey to the South Georgian Islands with just one lifeboat and one assistant. The rest of the crew left the island as an unstable wasteland of just hoping and waiting for Shackleton and Shackleton to leave. The journey to Georgia, South Georgia Island was done. It covered 720 nautical miles in frigid waters. They believed the trip would take perhaps four months, but they made it in 17 days in seas that were repeatedly threatened to capsize on 21 lifeboats. It also Eventually, Shackleton made it to Elephant uh, Island with a tree crew who had stayed there. Incredibly, by the time the ordeal was over, Shackleton had not one single The question presents why on earth would anyone do a voyage such as this? One advertised by Shackleton, one in whose lifetime to think all of our at best, I'm planning to live with the bitter cold, and I'm going to be under constant danger of being killed. Ben Patterson notes on this that what they signed up for, but what they wanted, was to travel with Shackleton, even though they knew it was going to be the hardest challenge ever to do. The hardship and the danger were a small price to pay for sitting because it meant something of seeing the splendor of God. Hearing the voice of nature, reaching the very naked soul of man. It, it says, well, it says they were voices. And they found the only one for really a bargain. We go on to know that earlier he had pointed that half of the line of paper, but he said, I left out a line that did so on purpose. He said, let me read to you the full offer. Men, women, for hazardous Sacrifice for the lost. Of course, it's one of the 
perhaps the greatest investment unless it's China is unemployed to make a billion or maybe somewhere around forty four billion. But not long ago he said uh, Beloved, I urge you, 
has sojourned in exile to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you, evil doers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of your visitation. Paul said to Philippians 3, verses 21 to 1, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body into his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Dear friend, that's why it is so fundamental uh, and key that we understand as Christians we are to keep ourselves free from all we're not to be connected to this world in a way that locks us in and that's all we live for is something in this world. The Bible says you and I have already died. You and I have already left this world. And, and there's a real profound truth behind that. Listen, because we have already died and we're not uh, uh, really living here anymore, our citizenship is what? In heaven. It isn't in this world. That's why we're here. We're heaven's witnesses. We're heaven's ambassadors. Uh, and uh, we're to advocate for heaven's cause on earth. Every now and then you'll read a story or hear about an ambassador of the of our nation somewhere that does a great service to the interest of our nation. Maybe that ambassador says something ugly about our nation or doesn't defend our nation or doesn't do what is in the interest of our nation. Shocks us, it upsets us. And we say, well, who do they think they are? They are our ambassadors. They represent us. They represent uh, uh, our nation. And it, it, it upsets us. Dear friend, well, let me ask you this what kind of ambassador are you? What kind of ambassador are you to God? Do you represent his interest? Do you represent his cause? Do you represent his word? Do you represent his testimony? I mean, uh, if you were serving you in that capacity, would you be a member to that body? Would you serve you? You know, every now and then, I'm thinking, you know, I'm really doing that today. Lord, I, I didn't run the kitchen very well. And listen, dear friend, one day, if we're going to give an account, I thought, what sort of ambassador do we serve in this country today? So, number one, we need to have a balanced passport. Number two, we need to live with a heavenly view. We are heaven's ambassadors. We're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of heaven, living in this world. Number three, how do we prepare for that journey into glory? We live. We're to live the life with a victorious spirit. There are far too many Christians who are defeated. Different, you are a conqueror. The Word of God says in Romans. Now, one of the things that defeats so many is. They live in this paralysis of fear. You and I don't have to fear death. Death should paralyze us. The truth is, I said it moments ago, you've already died. 
not only have we already died, the Bible says, we've already been judged. We don't even have to fear the judgment. And not only have we been judged, we've also been crucified and tormented. And Christ now lives in us. The life that we live now has been bought by Christ. Christ has paid the price. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. In one sense, we're present in the body, technically, but in reality, we're just the ones who are alive. Yeah, we are who we are, but it's really Christ who is in control. That's the way it should work. Now, what does that mean for us in a practical way? Well, it means two things. It means, first of all, we can live as a child of God. I will say something, and this is a little bit upsetting, and I want you to listen to me closely. I don't have to fear death because I'm a child of God, and that means we cannot die before our eternal judgment. The only exception to this is God taking us by His grace, and we thank God who has taken us by His grace according to His mercy. God is not the Lord who is the Lord. I think of that now and think of that. They had to be cursed. Because they had sinned against God in the face of quite a lot of defiance and God was gracious to them. So you don't want to be dead with them and not have a But even God had to send his son to do that. Listen to Acts 13, verse 26 here. And Luke says this For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was late with his fathers and saw corruption. It raises an obvious question when you think about this, does it? If someone dies at a young age, if a child dies at a young age, are you telling them that they serve their purpose and their appointed time? Well, from God's perspective, no one ever really dies for their purpose. The psalmist says in Psalm 31, verse 14, the last page of the Christian Church, everyone lives in God's now, I know that may seem unfair, and I may seem wrong to us, and that's fine, and, and I understand that, and we should feel that way because life is dear to us, and, and, and we, we're heavily invested in it. But let me assure you that one day, when you see through the eyes of God, the things that have happened will be a rightful and a holy thing. That does not mean that God doesn't care. And it does not mean that we should care about death and life. And it does not mean that God does not care about the tragedy of life and of hurt. Dear friend, God cared so much about the tragedies of life and of hurt that God came himself to enter into this life, to live life like you and I lived it, to be under, listen, the curse of sin and sin's death, that we're living on the curse of sin. Jesus bled, Jesus suffered, Jesus But it recognizes that God does have an overarching purpose. God has an overarching plan. God is sovereign and God alone. And yeah, it makes it, it, it may unsettle us to think, well, no one dies until their appointed time, and God knows all these things. But now, think about the flip side of that. 
Well, by that, then this kind of shows that God doesn't know what He's doing. God isn't sovereign, and I don't know about you, but that makes me more than sovereign. Do I really want a God that isn't as strong as David? All of life boils down to one question: Did our time on earth please God? Yeah. 
goes back to the first part of your salvation. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do today? It's not what your mind is. 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 I want to admit to you, you'll think that one of the things is because your father doesn't have a question. I've had people tell me, well, Pastor, I'm going to go to heaven by the Bible today. Oh, that's not what I've ever heard you say. If you don't know Christ, if you've not acted upon what you need to do for Christ, it's been obedient to say, there's something in here. There's something in my soul. Something that I need to do for you. You can do something. The Bible says, What's final? Those others who need to be saved. Don't leave a witness on purpose. It's not that you're lucky. I had a gentleman say, I know too much of Christian to come to you have trouble with if you aren't saved. And so, what's this one? I said, I brought my sister over to my neighbor. I know my brother sometimes does not say, I really want to tell him about the fact that I want him to come to Christ. And sometimes we don't want to say that. They basically tell me nobody said anything. Let me tell you, the worst thing you can say to someone who's not exactly saved is this. Because I can tell you, they will never make a promise to your salvation. And they may get mad at you when they push you on something that's frustrating to you. Now, I don't take you to be. Somebody may go to hell and say, if I go to hell, I, 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 I pray that the Lord, they're going to have to close the Bible and come up with a good thing. But I wouldn't stand there and go to Lord, thank God you said the prayer. I'm not going to stand there. What's vital in life is timely for salvation. Those that you know that need to be saved. Number three, a good deed that can be done to the glory of God. There's only one way to to sin is to receive a commission. That is, to do something that you shouldn't do. Thou shalt not lie. And we lie about the sin of commission. But the Bible also says there's the sin of omission. When we know something we should do, but we don't do it. Do a good deed that can be done. But finally, the fourth thing that's vital. 
seconds in a while ago, but it takes me more in life than three years here. Maybe we'll walk with our legs and eat food from our mouths. Maybe we'll have another century. We can't really think of it. It's the first day he says that to his servant. Walking is impossible, and anywhere the high place is ridiculous. While the umbilical cords of life is rigid and impossible to do. But the umbilical cord is a sword. Life has to deliver what I give and what I give. The second one says, Well, I think there is something that maybe it's different than here. Maybe we won't need this physical form anymore. That's the first thing he says. God says, If moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back to me? Delivery is the end of life, and it's the after delivery that comes about. Well, I don't know, said the second one. But certainly we will need mother and she will take care of us. <laughs> the first two faces of life. Mother, do you actually believe in mother? I'm so silly. If mother exists, then where is God? The second said, This is all around us. We're surrounded by her. We don't like her. But it is in her that we live. Without her in this world, we couldn't exist. Then the third one, I don't see it. So it's only logical to think that God is dead. But this is the second reply. Well, sometimes, lingering signs can be broken. And if you really listen, you can perceive their presence. Then you can hear the love of God. Thank you. 
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.